following is a podcast of Echo, a middle school ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, visit lifeatvictory.com slash middle school. Yesterday, the Saturday group, they were kind of mellow. So do you think you guys can bring some more energy for me this morning? So I want to hear some commands. I want to hear some amens. Whatever it is that you want to say, I want you guys to bring the heat because that makes it way more fun for me. So welcome to Echo. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Alyssa. I am Ben's wife, and we are just so privileged to be able to serve you guys, to be able to speak to you guys. And if you're new in here, welcome. We're thankful that you're in here. And we want you to know that as soon as you guys walk through those doors, that you are family and that you belong. You're accepted. Whatever it is that you're going through, you guys are or welcome to be here. We love having you here, and we're just, we're thankful to have you guys, because we love you so much. And so, this week, you guys don't normally know this, but Ben assigns me a topic, but this week he didn't. So, I got to pick whatever it is that I wanted to talk about. So, I went to God about it, and I was praying about it, and I was like, okay, God, what is it that you want me to speak about today? And as I was praying, I felt like there's people in here who need some peace in their life. Maybe you have a lot of stress, Maybe there's some relationships that aren't going well for you, but whatever it is, God wants to bring you peace in your life. Maybe instead of having peace, you have worry, you have stress, you have grief, you have anxiety, you have depression, whatever it might be, God wants to give you peace because he's not going to tell me to speak on something if there's not going to be fruit from it. Come on. He's not going to tell me to talk about something if he's not going to do anything. So I want you guys to be expecting that God has something for you today. And I need my dudes in the front to pay attention. My dude's in the front. I need you guys to focus because you guys are leaders and people are watching you. So let's go ahead. Um, the, the title of my message today is Peace is Closer Than You Think. So if you're taking notes, write that down. But let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much for each student in here. God, I ask that their hearts would be expectant and open to whatever it is that you want to say to them. God, and I just speak peace over every individual in this room and that whatever area of their life that they need peace in, God, that they would receive that from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you guys to turn to John 16, 31. And as you're turning there, this passage is important because this is Jesus a little bit before he's about to be crucified. So if you're about to die, you're probably going to say something important, right? You're not just going to ramble. And he's preparing his disciples for some unexpected things that are about to occur. He's trying to prepare them. And it says this, and now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you will be scattered and each one of you will go on your own way leaving me alone, yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you, and will give you great confidence as you rest in me, for in this unbelieving world you will experience trouble, and you will experience sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. You ever find it funny whenever you're stressed out, whenever you're anxious or frustrated, your mind just kind of, it kind of blanks? kind of stops working. You kind of have those brain farts where you walk into a room and you're like, why did I come in here? Or you say something weird because your mind's just not functioning well. And I get super forgetful whenever I'm stressed out. But there was this one particular time that I can remember when I was stressed and I was just trying to get to church on time. And I know that that doesn't seem stressful, but whenever you add a toddler into the mix, it makes it kind of stressful. So this particular Saturday that I was getting ready for church, I thought I was in the clear. I was ready. Mila was ready. 
And I was like, okay, I have five minutes. I can do this. I can get out the door on time. So I go to get her bag together. And as I'm getting it together, I realize it's really quiet in my house. And if you have a child, you know that that's not good. So I'm looking around. I'm calling her name. And I look around the corner. And there she is hiding behind a chair being very quiet and concentrated. And I had my suspicions as to what was going on. But I let her continue. And I'm like, Mila, what you doing? And as time went on, she's not answering. She's not moving. I get the waft of the smell of her doing her business and her diaper go across my nose. And I, my fears are confirmed. Mila has gone to the bathroom, and I need to change that diaper ASAP, or else it's going to get really stinky in my house. So I go to get her to go to change her diaper, but she knows what's about to happen. And I go to pick her up, and she runs the other way. And when Mila runs, she runs like this. But it's super cute when she does it. I just look weird. And so she's running down the hall screaming, no, 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 trying to get away from me because she doesn't want her diaper changed. So I go to pick her up, but she does a ninja move, and she rolls. And I'm like, how did that even happen? But she gets away from me. And so I continue to chase her, and finally I pick her up. She's screaming, no, 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 no. I get her changed, and I'm like, okay, crisis averted. We are set. I still have two minutes left. I can do this. And so I continue. I have to actually put on deodorant now because I'm sweating from that incident. And so I go to put deodorant on, and I walk outside into my hallway, into my living room, and Mila turns around, and she looks at me, and she goes, kaka. And in my house, kaka means you got something nasty on your hands. And so I go to inspect what that is on her hands, and I grab a baby wipe. And when I look closer, I realize it's what I call baby goo. And you might be questioning, what is baby goo? Well, nobody actually knows what baby goo is. It's this unidentifiable substance that ends up on little kids' hands that nobody knows if it's peanut butter, boogers, spit. We don't know, but it's gross. So somehow they get it all over their hands. So I go to wipe her hands, but before I can grab them, she takes the baby goo and puts it in her little pigtails. And I'm like, no, because I'm not redoing those pigtails. So I just do the quick thing. I grab a wet rag, and I wipe the goo out. And I'm like, okay, you look a little bit greasy, but we're going to church. So this time I got smart. I put her in the crib. I'm like, okay, we're going to be safe. So I'm like, okay, her bag's ready. She's in the crib. She can't do anything now. I go to get my stuff. I grab my wristlet, got my keys, but where is the phone? And so I get, go into panic mode because I can't leave my house without my phone. You guys ever not have your phone on you? You feel, you feel naked. You're like, what is going on in the world? What if somebody's trying to contact me? What if I break down on the side of the road? What if, what if, what if? So I begin to tear apart my house. I take apart the couch cushions. I go through the bag that I just packed for Mila. I rip a- across my, my bed sheets, and I'm just taking apart every room in the house piece by piece because I have to find the phone. But then I stop, and I'm like, okay, I, I can think this through. Where was I today? And as I am thinking... I realized that my hand has been preoccupied this whole time. And while I was distracted and frustrated looking for my phone, it had been in my hand the entire time. So the very thing that I was looking for was right there in front of me the entire time. It never went anywhere. It never left me. It was there in my possession the entire time. But sometimes we get distracted by the stuff that's going on around us, and we miss what we already have that's right in front of us. And we do this with peace. Peace has never gone anywhere from us. It's been with us the entire time. And back to John 16, it says that we have peace because of Jesus. And if you're a Christian, that means that 
He is with you all the time, and he's inside of you. So that means that peace is with us. So no matter where you go, no matter where you step, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you bring peace with you wherever you go because peace is with you wherever you go because Jesus is with you wherever you go. So you already have all of the peace that you already need. It's already there. But sometimes we forget that. We get anxious, we feel pressured, we feel fearful. So we start to look for stuff that we never lost in the first place. We start to wander in areas that we've been freed from. And we start to go to other sources looking for things that we actually already have. So if there's somebody in here today who feels like you need more peace, that you're desperate for more, that you can't find more peace, that you, don't, that you need more peace, I want to tell you that you have more peace in your life than you think you do. And maybe you just need to ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and show you how much peace you actually have. Maybe you forgot about it. Maybe you don't know how to access that peace. But if you lost your peace, that would have to mean that Jesus Christ has abandoned you. And I've got good news. Jesus Christ will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you high and dry. So therefore, you will always have peace because Jesus Christ is with you forever and ever. Come on. I'll come on myself. It's fine. So the first point today is I have all the peace I need. I have all the peace I need. And so maybe you're questioning me like, okay, Alyssa, you tell me I have all this peace, but why don't I feel like I have all this peace? But there's something that falls on your shoulders, something that you're responsible for, and that's finding your peace in Jesus daily. And what that looks like is whenever you're going through a hard time, you have peace on the inside of you. No matter what hardship that you endure, you walk into it with faith. Because God didn't just give us peace that when we get to heaven, we won't have any more struggles, we won't have any more hardships, and we have that peace that we have. No, God doesn't want us to live like that. Because Jesus gave us peace now so that we can live differently now while we're here. God, God has more for you. God doesn't want you to stay in that stuck spot. God doesn't want you to struggle now. God wants you to go over those obstacles that you have. God wants you to work past those hindrances that are in your life. And he wants you to walk in peace despite what your circumstances look like. And he doesn't want you guys to be in pain. But you need to know what you have access to in order to fully use something. So if you think that you don't have as much access to peace as a pastor does, or one of the Bible characters did, or as much as Jesus Christ himself did, I want to tell you that that's a lie because you have as much access to peace as anybody else does. You have as much access to it. doesn't matter what your age is. doesn't matter what you're going through. You have as much access to it as anybody else but it's going to take your time, it's going to take your passion, it's going to take your intuition, it's going to take you pushing forward and asking God and going to Jesus and saying, Lord, teach me your way, show me how to walk in peace, show me how to do this. And if you are in here and you're struggling and you're not spending time with God every day, I'm going to tell you that that is your first step. Because I've gone to a ton of church camps, conferences, retreats, different church services, and they all were good, and they were all beneficial. But can I tell you that there is nothing that compares to my one-on-one -on -one time with God, that time that I get to sit with him in my living room, and he speaks things to my heart that nobody else on a platform could ever speak to me. There's times when I'm in my living room, he's healed me, he's restored me, he's set me free from things. So if you are not spending time with Jesus every day, you need to start doing that today. And if that's the only thing you walk with away from today, that is a win for me because that will change your life. And I've gone through a lot of struggles, and that is the time, my one-on-one -on -one time with God, that has helped me through them a lot. And so there's this one time that I can specifically remember 
many years ago, before I was with Ben, I was in a really unhealthy relationship. And so a part of that relationship, he was verbally abusive. And so what that means is he would say mean things to me. He would cut me down. He would um, want me to look a certain way, act a certain way, be under a certain weight in order to be pretty enough. He wanted me to be this ideal woman that he had in his head. So I was constantly striving to be his idea of what perfection was. But let me tell you, that caused me to develop anxiety. And so that continued on throughout the relationship, but thankfully I got out of that. But after the relationship was was over, the anxiety didn't go away. The hurt and the pain didn't go away. And so I thought, okay, time will heal this. But as time went on, I realized that that wasn't true. And so one day I was sitting in the middle of class, and I was in grad school at the time to be a counselor. And so I'm sitting there, and out of the blue, nothing happened. There was no triggers. I had a full-blown panic attack. And if you've never had a panic attack, what that is is you're, it feels like you're dying and you can't breathe. Your chest gets super tight. Your throat feels like it's closing. You get super overwhelmed, and, and it feels very scary. And a lot of times people go to the hospital. And so I'm sitting in the middle of a room with soon-to-be counselors, myself to be one of them, and I'm thinking, I should have it together. I shouldn't be struggling like this. What is wrong with me? So I quickly get up. I go to the bathroom. I throw some water on my face. I get myself calmed down. And that day showed me. I needed to get help, that there's something more going on on the inside of me. Because emotions aren't a map that we follow step by step, that we, we're not led by our emotions, but they're more so a compass that point to what's going on on the inside of us. And that day, they were pointing to, I needed to get something, I needed to deal with what was going on on the inside of me. So I got help. I went to therapy, and I told my closest friends about what was going on on the inside of me. But the thing that I did that helped me the most was I would go to God more and more each day. I started to go to him consistently. And as I was going to him, he, sh- he walked me through my healing. He walked me through my freedom. And that was whenever I received the most healing I've ever received in my life. So I'm going to ask you guys to turn to Matthew 11:28. And as I'm reading this, I want you to think about where do I go whenever I need help? What do I run to? Who do I run to? What do I do when I'm struggling? What is my go-to? In Matthew, it says, are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, and I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, and I'm humble, and I'm easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. And so I want to point something out. Jesus often says in the New Testament, come and follow me. But in this text, he specifically says, come to me, meaning I am your peace. I am your joy. I am your healer. I am the one that's going to fill that void in your life. I am enough. And then you think, okay, Jesus, well, I come to you, and then what are my next steps? But there's no map. There's no next step. And in fact, Jesus doesn't say anything because he's silent. And what the silence infers is that he is enough. And so my second thing for you guys to do is invite Jesus into your struggles. Invite him into your struggles. We need to focus on who we're going on the journey with rather than the destination. 
So don't set your sights on just getting over the problem, but focus on who you're walking through the problem with. Because Jesus said that he will walk with us through the fires. He will walk with us through the deep waters. We are never alone. He will never leave us through those problems. But it is up to you to ask him to come into those struggles, to come into those fights. He's waiting on the sidelines for you saying, I am your healer. I want to help you through this. I want to make you feel better. I want you to get out of this situation. I don't want you to be stuck anymore. But unless you give him the go-ahead, he is just waiting there expecting and hoping that you will ask him to come into that struggle. But it's up to you. Are you going to go through the struggle alone? Are you going to ask God to come and help you through that? Come on. Yeah. But we don't always know what the journey is going to look like. And so that's where that faith piece comes in. Because Jesus isn't going to tell you the whole road, what it looks like. But we have to trust Jesus during the journey without knowing that the exact outcome, because he's going to help you do, deal with that root issue. If you have anxiety, if you have depression, if you have loneliness, rejection, whatever it might be, you fill in the blank, there is a root issue to that problem, and he wants to deal with that root issue. But we need to know that peace isn't a feeling. Peace isn't a place. Peace is a person. And so that's my last point for you today. And if you understand this now, you stop looking for the perfect situation. You stop hoping that all of the stars align, everything's going great at home, everything's going great at school, all of your friends are awesome, because you go, no, I have the perfect Savior. So you put me in that hopeless situation, and I'll bring hope to it. You put me in that bad situation, and I'll bring peace to it. Because wherever I go, Jesus is there, and wherever Jesus is, peace is there. So therefore, wherever I step my feet, peace will be there. And I don't want to be a Christian that only functions when everything's going awesome. I don't want to be that mountaintop Christian, and I don't want you to be either, where you're just going great when everything is going great, but as soon as something bad happens, you're like, where are you now, Jesus? What are you doing? Because we will not be effective Christians if we are only mountaintop Christians, where we're only functioning when things are functional, because I want to function whenever the bank account runs out. I want to have faith whenever everybody leaves me. I want to have faith whenever... I get that bad report. I want to have faith because God's word should dictate what our faith says. Our, our situation shouldn't dictate it. It should be, our faith should be whatever God says. Because God is good today and forever. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And he is always good. He is always true. And it doesn't matter what we're going through. It matters what he says. That's who we rely on. But in John 16, it tells us that we need to expect hardships. And we should expect sorrows because the reality of life is that we're in the valleys more than we are on the mountaintops. And that's not to be negative. That's just to know what you're walking into in this life. But if we can't figure out how to function when things are going bad around us, we're never going to be the effective Christians God's called us to be. And I know I want you guys and I want myself to function when everything is dysfunctional. I don't know if you guys have a person in your life like this, whenever you're having a bad day, when you feel low, and they get like all Christian on you, and they tell you what the Bible says about your problems, and you're like, you just kind of, you want to punch them in the face, you know? And so Ben is that person in my life, where I'll be having a down day, I'll be feeling sad, and all I want to do is sit on my couch and eat Oreos and watch the Hallmark Channel. And instead, yeah, I know, I feel you. Instead of him letting me do that and coming and sitting with me and coming into my pity party, he will be like, 
well, you know what the Bible says about that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh. And then he'll go on and he'll be like, James says to endure hardship with thanksgiving, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, Mother Teresa, you can just walk out of my pity party right now. You are not welcome in this living room of sadness. I want to be sad. I want to be in my pity party. So you can just exit. Bye-bye. And I really do need that. The thing that Ben does, I absolutely need that because I need to get kicked in the butt to just keep moving forward. But can I be honest? I want to be able to function even if Ben doesn't come and tell me what the Bible says about my problem. I want to be able to worship just when I'm losing. I want to be able to love others whenever I'm in the face of hardship because that is where the peace of God is. The peace of God is knowing that God is still good even when everything is going poor around you. So if you're in a situation where the rain is on your face, I believe that a brighter day is coming. Because, But why not? Until that brighter day comes, why not defy the devil anyways? Why not lift your hands and worship Jesus anyways? Why not love your enemies anyways? Why not do what God tells you to do and be that functional Christian anyways until that brighter day comes for you? But I know that there's some of you in here who maybe have that deeper struggle. Maybe it's hard for you to get out of bed. Maybe you feel anxiety all the time. And you try to ignore it, but you know that it's still there. But I want you to know that you are not a lesser Christian because you struggle. There's not something wrong with you. It's not that you don't have enough faith or that you're not praying enough. We all have struggles. And it's okay to get help. The truth is, is that all answers begin and end with Jesus. But in the middle, there's therapy, there's medication, there's support groups. You're not alone, and you, I don't want you to walk through this situation by yourself. So if you're in here and you're struggling and nobody knows about it, today is the day where that changes. You will tell your small groups because we want you to walk through it. We don't want you to stay stuck where you're at. That's not what God has for you. He has more for you, and we want to help you through that. So today is the day where your healing journey begins. But for those of you who want access to more peace rather than just hearing a cheesy Christian answer, I want you to write this down. Control what you can and pray about the rest. Control what you can, which is your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, who you hang out with, what you um, are listening to, what you're watching on TV, and then pray about the rest. Because whenever we give things over to God, that's whenever we find true rest. We have to trust him. We have to give it over to him. We, we control what we can. We do our best with what we can. But with what we can't, we say, okay, God, I'm surrendering this to you. This is yours. And so in a minute, we're going to go back into worship. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand up and come back up here. But we're not done yet, and God is not done in here. If there is any situation in your life that isn't perfect, which I'm assuming that is everybody in here, or if there's a, something where you just need more peace in a situation, I want you guys to give that over to God in worship. Because he's, gonna, he's here, he's ready, but you guys have to surrender it. You have to invite him into that struggle. You have to, you have to give it over to him. So I'm going to ask you guys, squeeze in, squeeze in, guys, over here. Guys, hold on. We need to be serious. We're going to have prayer partners on the sides. And so I'm going to ask you guys to lift your hands because anytime we give something over to God, we surrender it. And whenever we lift our hands, that's an act of surrender. So you guys go ahead, lift your hands. Lift your hands. 
And as we go back into it, I want you guys to just focus on God. Everybody close your eyes. We're not going to be distracting our neighbors. Don't let them miss out on what God has for them. Just focus on God. Be thinking about what it is that you want him to fix in your life. What area of your life needs more peace? And as we go back into the song, just lay that at his feet.